I'm Andrew from the Dad.io podcast. Life supplies the inputs and we supply the outputs. Part of the Going to Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic and amazing geeky shows at goingtogeeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 182 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we celebrate the good times. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we discuss a popular stat service adjustment and contrary to what some might have you believe, no, the world's not on fire. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we discuss one listener's smashing experience with our last episode. Lauren, smash that start button now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 182 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say that the wonderful SP is here again this week. Yes, thank you for calling me SP, Stephen. That's what my friends call me, and you are a friend, so go ahead and call me SP. And you might see me on as Stargate Pioneer and some social media aspects. But yes, it is a great week to be podcasting. It is springtime. If you're listening to this later, it's springtime and it just has all the wonderful renew. It's almost summer here. Matter of fact, it's right on the cusp of summer where it's going to be like really hot here and everything. But anyway, it's an exciting time to podcast. And I'm grateful to be podcasting tonight with you. You know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for people who send in their how I save my podcast story. Yes, if you didn't know this, we like to give people an opportunity on this show to talk about something that went horribly wrong and how you fixed it. So pat yourself on the back, share with the class, let everybody know what went wrong, how did you fix it, so we can all learn together. And whilst we don't have a, that's right, I said whilst, we don't have a story going on this week, we are encouraging you to send one to us. You can send that to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. In the Discord chat, we have had quite a few people say that they have some pending and you're going to send it to us. So we encourage you to send that so that we can share that with everybody. And if you can, send us a video clip because we do have a full video companion to this show available at betterpodcasting.com. For this episode, you can head to betterpodcasting.com slash 182 to check out this episode's video show. Victory is mine! Or is it yours? Today we have a topic to talk about that we don't often hear about within podcasting. In fact, when this topic is approached, usually there is somewhat of a negative attitude and negativity associated with it. And we've actually been guilty a little bit about this ourselves. However, today we wanted to turn things positive because we think it's a really important thing to be aware of. And it's something that can really help you in your show keep going. Today, we're going to be talking about when to celebrate victories and how you can celebrate them too. Yes, we are telling you that you should be able to be okay to take a victory lap. But we do have some pointers on how to do this without letting your ego get too big. So, Stephen, where do you want to start with this discussion? Well, let's kick it off by talking a little bit about why it's okay to celebrate. What are some of the reasons why you should celebrate these wins? Well, number one, it's a good reminder of the reasons that you should be proud of the work that you do for your podcast. Especially as a hobby podcaster, it's important that you're proud of what you create. You're volunteering countless hours dedicated to your craft so that others can potentially enjoy it. It's okay for you to pat yourself on the back occasionally and recognize this hard work, this volunteer work that you are doing for your podcast. Another reason why you might want to celebrate is that it can help you see 
the big picture of your podcast. It's really easy for you to get so focused on the small little things, this, the next step that you're striving for with your podcast. And a lot of times these next steps can be baby steps. And if you are constantly striving for that next baby step, you might all of a sudden be oblivious to the big growth that you have made overall for your show. So by looking for these opportunities to celebrate the wins, you can really help see that big picture of what you've accomplished with your show. It's really important to focus on these big milestones and these successes to, to really force yourself to see the big growth and the big picture of your podcast. Celebrating these little victories can also help you have more confidence. A lot of the wonderful hobby podcasters that we've met share a common thread. They're very, very modest. Yes, you say, hey, look at that awesome thing you did. And they'll go, no, it really wasn't awesome at all. Not that awesome. It just wasn't awesome at all. So having confidence can benefit you in a variety of ways. And sometimes it can be hard to see the reasons why you are allowed to be confident. But we want to point out that there's a difference between confident and arrogant, and we never advocate for arrogance. So if celebrating the little victories is going to help you have the confidence to move forward or get better, then by all means, celebrate those little victories and gain that confidence. Celebrating your wins can also help you have more wins. So as a hobbyist, you need to find those things that keep you moving forward and keep growing. For some people, chasing those wins are that thing. For example, okay, I've achieved the thing I was striving for. Now the next thing that I want to strive for is X and whatever X is. It can be a fun game to play with yourself, always trying to one up yourself in your own show. But if you don't acknowledge that first win, you might not realize that you've achieved it and now you've lost focus of that next goal. So whatever that is, and we'll go through goals a little bit later, that you should celebrate it because then you can celebrate the next one even a little bit more. Another reason to celebrate these wins is that it can just be fun to do. A good example of this is a lot of podcasters celebrate milestone episodes. 50, 100, 150, 200, you know, that sort of thing. And when a lot of podcasters do this, they do it in different ways than maybe other people have done. Or they might even do it differently from milestone episode to milestone episode. The fun really does vary, but ultimately there is a consistent factor that generally the people who are celebrating these milestones are doing it for a fun reason. This is consistent across the board. And it can definitely be a fun way to really look at yourself and go, wow, I have produced a thousand episodes. So definitely episode milestones can be something for you to recognize with yourself. And perhaps the biggest reason of the why that I wanted to talk about when we were approaching this subject is it can help you put gas in your tank. It can keep you motivated, especially in a regular production schedule that can be, let's face it, very grinding. Celebrating the good times helps you get through those taxing times that you go through every week or once in a while or whenever they come, they're going to come. I've never experienced somebody that hasn't experienced the grind in their hobby podcast. So in creating your awesomeness, Make sure you stop and smell the flowers along the way of those little celebrations. We'll just call the flowers little celebrations and enjoy the little things along the way. It will help you get through the less fun days of podcasting when it seems more like work, but you really know it's fun. And so celebrate those victories and make it more fun, even when it's actually less fun to go and do. So Stephen, those are some of the whys of why you'd want to celebrate those little victories. Now let's go through some of the reasons of how to celebrate. Well, number one, SP said right there that you want to be able to take the time to smell the flowers along the way. And so how you might want to do this is start a podcast about flower smelling because then you'll be really prepared for it. It's all about smelling flowers. 
I got to think that's kind of like wine, you know, when you're tasting the wine, you're smelling the aroma and stuff, but I've never actually known how to smell the flowers. That would be a good actual <laughs> podcast to do. Okay, kidding aside, uh, our next category is all about what SP said. And let's start off with one of the things that we just mentioned, which is arguably one of the most common ways and things that podcasters do celebrate. And it's those milestone episodes. Some of the ways that podcasters celebrate milestones episodes is by making that episode a special theme or basically a special take on their podcast for that episode. Some podcasters have done clip shows if it's a big number. Some have just done a special theme. And some just talk a little bit about what they've accomplished or big takeaways since the last milestone. One of the ways that we've done it here is pretty much for ourselves, being a podcast about podcasting, we try to take these milestones and go back to basics. Number 50, SP talked all about what he called his golden rules of hobby podcasting. Essentially, some basic concepts that are his golden rules of hobby podcasting. With episode 100, we actually titled that called Back to Basics, and we did a special format where we talked about some simple things that podcasters starting out would want to know, but we had some fun with it because it was our 100th episode, and we basically did all sorts of things wrong, and we had the wonderful Emily Prokop come and do some pre-recorded tips where after we did something wrong, we would play a little tip that essentially said the better course of action. So it was just a way that we had fun celebrating our 100th episode. And then for 150, we again continued having a little bit of fun. If you're not new to the show, you're probably aware aware that SP generally takes a media hosting path. I take a self-hosting path. So we thought we would try to turn that into a little fun, but still keeping with our sort of back to basics concept. We talked a little bit about how you would start a podcast on each of these paths. I talked a little bit about starting on a self-hosting path. He started on a media hosting and we kind of compared notes along the way. So that's kind of what we've made our milestone episodes here on Better Podcasting. And then on the gunnageek.com show, a little bit of a change on what we've done over there. We've pretty much had fun at our big milestones episodes. And on the 100th episode of the official geek.com show, what we did was we really capitalized and we put to bed a ongoing joke that had been part of the previous 100 episodes. During the previous 100 episodes, one of the ongoing jokes with the listeners was that, and, and the co-hosts on the show, was that often when a news point or something would come up, I would randomly toss it over to a co-host. Now, a lot of times the co-host did really play this up because it was just a fun gag that we had. And we ended up calling these blind tosses where they would kind of be, quote, put on the spot. Sometimes it was legitimate. Sometimes it was just playing it up. And so we thought, OK, it's been 100 episodes time to put this to bed. And we really put this to bed by having a bunch of people give us a, a, a clip from the network. They would send us a clip about essentially the gunnageek.com show. And in that clip, they would end up at the end tossing me to talk about a random totally off the wall concept. And I didn't know about these clips ahead of time. So I was a genuine surprise to me. And it really was just a way that we could just capitalize on that joke and really, again, put that to bed. So it was just a fun way to do that. And then for our 200th episode, again, we did another gag where we had people send us a bunch of clips. Again, being the official gunnageek.com show, we do try to use milestone episodes to help highlight the network a little more than we usually do. These were all from the network and we had a running gag where people would constantly quote, confuse and quote, Stargate Pioneer and Suncast, who was an ongoing guest of the show. They would just mix up the two and it was all intentional. So again, we just have a little bit of fun over there on our milestones. What do you got uh, with your milestones on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Well, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a little bit different because we approached the 100th episode and we were so much in the grind that we just went through. Episode 100 is just a regular episode for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. But for episode 200, we decided that we were going to take an alternate tact and we were going to do something a little bit special. So what we did for that is we went back and we reviewed the pilot episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, the current crew that is on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not never had a chance to review that pilot episode. 
And we had the benefit of looking back at it in hindsight and providing the insight for the future. So spoilers, if you haven't listened to that particular episode, the episode, the pilot episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually held up pretty nicely and we all enjoyed it. And the episode was just a ton of fun for us to actually record. And we left smiling. This is something that I wanted to say about all these episodes. 50, 100, 150 for better podcasting, 100 and 200 for Gonna Geek, and 200 for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I had the opportunity to be on all of them. And every single one, I left smiling. We left joking. It was just fun to do. And it really put a little bit of gas in our tank for us internally in order to do them. And we hoped it was a benefit to the listener as well. So really, you could do what you want with all these episodes and you don't have to do anything either. Like I said, we didn't do anything for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. 100 and some podcasters really don't like milestone episodes. It's your show. You can do what you want. We're just saying if you choose to celebrate a milestone episode, you can make some fun out of it and just celebrate it just a little bit. Give something back to your listener as well. Another win that you might want to celebrate is listeners. Now, this goal could be up to you. Is it 100 listens per episode, 1,000, 500,000? It's really your call, what you want to actually establish at a goal. But listener goals can be a really important thing to consider. Recognizing that you're hitting certain listener goals helps show that you're actually connecting with others. And of course, you should be cautious of what your listener goals are. For example, if you happen to get a sudden spike, it might be false downloads. Even if your show is hosted on somebody we'll call reputable, and we've explained the IAB Podcast Measurement Guidelines 2.0 quite a bit in the compliant versus certified. And so even if you're hosting with somebody that is compliant or certified, you can get a spike. Part of that certification is that they will identify that later and then they will remove that cause from the stats. So even if you see that spike, it might not necessarily be true. If you're not hosting on somebody that is quote unquote reputable, the odds of fake listeners are much higher or bought listeners or whatever, like you can do on SoundCloud. So take that away and you actually get some listeners and it's a goal of yours to have a certain number of listeners per episode per month, whatever you want to call it. How can you celebrate this? Well, you could theoretically actually do it on your show, but you might not want to unless it's a very large number. Your listeners probably don't care that much how many other listeners you have. Instead, perhaps you want to celebrate it with your team or a close friend or close group uh, friends at work, perhaps and celebrate that way versus the public celebrations that you might have on social media or on your show itself. As well, if you're part of a network, use that opportunity there to celebrate that because it's also good motivation for the people who you're interacting with on your network so that you can kind of maybe put a little fuel in their tank and say, look what you can accomplish. Look, I know you might be straggling right now or struggling to get listeners, but look, this is how I did it. So it's really got a good opportunity to build some relationships if you're part of a network as well. Another win that you might want to celebrate is when you are recognized. For example, maybe your podcast has been cited as a source for something, or maybe your show is featured or highlighted on a blog within your niche or something else like this. Being recognized by someone in a public fashion is something that you should be proud of as a podcaster. What this means is you've been able to draw the attention of someone who wants to do their part, part to highlight your podcast. That's a really exciting concept. And it's a big win that you've managed to get someone's attention and gets that person to talk about you. Depending on your show, one way that you might be able to highlight this is actually talking a little bit about it on your show, especially if it's something relevant to your niche. Like if you're on a blog, that blog is all to do with the topic you're talking about. That's potential content that you can actually offer your listeners. You can talk about that blog and you can actually casually mention and maybe even thank that person for writing about you. So you can definitely work that into your show. It's a little bit more relevant to your listeners than you talking about how you just got 100 listeners. I remember a few years ago, 
that Tyrion's Landing, which was the Game of Thrones podcast on the Guinea Geek Network, they actually ended up getting picked up in some article. I think it was Rolling Stone. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly on the top podcast that they would recommend on Game of Thrones. And since then, the number of Game of Thrones podcasts kind of ballooned. But they were part of that list, and it was really a celebrating moment for them that they would be included in that. I remember talking to the producer, Jeannie, and main host, and she I, I thought she knew. I thought they actually approached her and said, hey, do you want to be part of this article? So I was just asking you, how did you do this? She's like, what are you talking about? So, said, you, you made this list of this top podcast on Game of Thrones. She's like, no way. So she wouldn't take a look. That really put a lot of gas in their tank. So something like that could be of really benefit to you so celebrate it while you have the chance now another thing to celebrate which you may find that you get regularly but you need to acknowledge it is engagement from listeners we want to highlight a couple of key categories though first of all you have the regular commenters and regular commenters are the people that are really engaged with your show you go back and forth with them on a daily or weekly basis, maybe they come and go, but you know who they are, they know who you are, and you just get to know them as people. Also, there is another category of feedback that has a lot of thought and effort put into it of somebody that might not interact with you very often, but maybe they send you that 20-page email, really thoughtful commentary about your last episode or your last arc of episodes or your show in totality. Both of these types of feedback show, shows a special connection with your listener and you should recognize these relationships. So how do you celebrate them? Well, in this particular situation, you might be best just to acknowledge it internally. And if you feel comfortable enough, build that relationship by responding back to them as often as you can and showing that appreciation. So that talk back and forth. This is something that you should be doing anyway with regular engagement, but you should celebrate that too, because it's not every day that you get feedback from your listeners about your content and your show. So next, we're going to talk about some miscellaneous considerations about celebrating the small victories. And these are some things that you're just going to have to keep in mind as you go forward with your celebrations. Stephen, what do we want to start with? Well, first, don't overdo it. If you celebrate every little tiny thing, it's going to start feeling less important. And what's going to probably end up happening is it's not going to feel that important when you do have a major win, like a major success. You celebrated so much on these tiny little wins that that major thing might just you might almost be oblivious to it because of the fact that you celebrated every little thing. Secondly, when you do want to celebrate, it's important that you know that not everybody is going to care about this. This is really important to know because it can help pick and choose how often you celebrate and how you celebrate. It's really important that you're aware and conscious of the fact that some things are going to be better left offline and in private channels rather than displayed publicly especially when you consider the possible arrogance factor. Certain things celebrating online might come across arrogant, and then that can also distance you from your listeners. So just know that not everybody is going to care about these wins. SP, I know this one you're very, very passionate about, and uh, there's a couple of examples you've got about this one, and, and I'll just turn it over to you to talk about it. <laughs> So the last thing that we want to mention is while it might be really exciting for you, the reality is you might find that other podcasters in particular might not share the same passion as you have for it. So blasting your milestone that you're celebrating in a public group like a, a forum, a subreddit, a Facebook group, whatever that you're a part of could be a way to get somebody to rain on your parade. This might actually have the opposite effect and deflate your podcasting drive. And that's why it's important to find the right venue and method to celebrate your wins. I know back and forth, we've had this thing in the subreddits of people saying, hey, I, I just reached a thousand listens or a hundred uh, listens to my first episode or something like that. And yeah, that that is really to a new podcaster, all a bit. That is really exciting. But you have to balance that with you're in a podcasting group with other podcasters that really don't care about 
necessarily listening to your show. So you're just pandering to the wrong audience. And while they might give you a pat on the back, there's all if everybody started doing that with, I believe I saw the stat of like 650 or 700 new shows a day. So if you got 700 people coming in every day, like uh, two months later and saying we got 100 listens to our show, then it would be a bit much. So it just you need to pick and choose where you actually post this stuff and celebrate it. And definitely that is something to celebrate, but you might not want to celebrate it in a public forum with other podcasters. So listener, what we really want to hear from you on this topic are what are your some of your favorite wins that you've had on your podcast? How did you celebrate them? And did it keep you motivated or how much did it keep you motivated? Because I think I know it kept you motivated, but the question is how much it motivated you. So go ahead and get that to us on all the contact ways. The best way to get it to us would be our email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We would love a video clip. We'll take an audio clip. I will professionally read professionally on better podcasting anyway, your emails, or you can catch us on our Twitter at BetterPod, or send us a note on our discord server. That's going to slash discord. Welcome to this week's better podcasting download. Let's track the next download. <laughs> That's because we're talking about pod track. See what I did there? That's a, Knee slapper right there. Uh, I know. Uh, so here's what we wanted to mention today, because we've talked in the past how there are a few different companies out there which are IAB certified. And there are some other companies which say that they are IAB compliant, meaning that they believe that they're following the guidelines from the IAB standard, but they have not been certified by the IAB organization. And one of those companies that have said that they are compliant with IAB is PodTrack. PodTrack is one of the, I'll say, main couple of statistics services that are offering podcast statistics, not statistics tied to your media host, but just neutral general statistics. And one of the reasons they're also pretty relevant is because in recent it's been announced that there have been some things to do with iHeartMedia and whatnot because iHeartMedia does use PodTrack, and we'll just kind of leave it at that. Well, last night on Tuesday, May 21st, 2019, our Discord channel started to have discussion come in it because a lot of us saw the same email come in who have signed up to PodTrack in the past. And there's a couple things that we want to highlight, and I'm going to turn it over to Resident Reader to read those applicable sections so that we can talk further. Well, first of all, I have to say that in the news lately, and we haven't really covered it here, PodTrack had announced that their April download numbers were down. And I want to say by a collective like 37%. And as soon as it came in, I was speculating on what it was. And then this article from PodTrack came out on their own blog. They actually created a blog because this news was so momentous. They had to post it somewhere. And rather than posting it on a media article, they posted it on their own blog on their own website, which kudos on them for doing that. They came out and explained what the reduction was all about because it was starting to make big waves. People were scratching their heads over. Why is this reduction there? Because let's face it, why do people track their downloads largely? And we've said this from the get-go. Largely, they track their downloads in order to sell ad revenue. So PodTrack had to explain what was going on because they basically cut everybody's revenue by like 30 to 40% that's using these stats. So in the blog article, it was titled PodTrack Measurement 2019 Update, What You Need to Know. And they welcomed everybody to the blog. And this is the first thing that caught my attention. It was the second paragraph. It said, PodTrack is making an update to its measurement algorithm for calculating unique downloads, which will go into effect on your PodTrack dashboard on June 1st, 2019. The new download numbers were reported for the first time for top publishers in the April top 10 publisher rankings. 
While we've tweaked and adjusted the algorithms we use over the 14 plus years we've been measuring podcasts, this update is more significant and we want to be as transparent as possible about why we're making this change, when it will happen and what you can expect. Now, this is the end of me reading those first couple of paragraphs. And I just want to take this moment to say this sounds really familiar to me. I remember the whole debacle and it really was a debacle when Lipson changed their measurements to be compliant on their way to certification rather than what they used to be. And it cut everybody's download numbers down. It would have been nice for them to announce it beforehand rather than afterwards. And I think all these companies are thinking for the best. They, they think that it won't be that big of a, a change. And unfortunately for these two companies, it was, there could have been other companies that it was no change whatsoever, minimal changes. But for these two companies, it was a big enough change that they had to announce it after the fact. And it would have been, would it have gone down better with their subscribers or with their users if they had talked about it beforehand? Maybe. Seriously, maybe it would have, but I don't know. It's hard to tell in each case. So anyway, they came out and said, okay, this is what we're doing. We are changing the algorithm. It has changed for the top podcasters. And that's what the announcement was that I was talking about in April. And it's going to be different starting on June 1st for everybody. So they go through the rest of the article. There was a couple of sections. There was a section that was titled, how will the update affect my numbers? And they were talking about the IAB standards for the long listeners of Better Podcasting. I won't go into details here, but I will just say that both Stephen and I are behind the IAB Podcast Measurement Guidelines 2.0, not because we agree on everything in the standard, but that it is a standard that everybody is working off of. In the article, by the way, they did mention that Podtrack mentioned that in 2018, there wasn't a large outcry from advertisers to use these numbers, probably because they didn't realize what they were, or maybe they were hearing from the NPRs of the world with their RAD uh, standard that really never caught on. Uh, so they, I think, didn't put a lot of thought into the the certification or the compliance because they weren't getting pinged by the advertisers. And this is something that we talked about before. I know it's something that Steven has mentioned before on the podcast and off the podcast, we've talked about it back and forth. So think about it in those terms of, do we really need to talk about it if, or, or do we really need to abide by the standard if nobody's asking us to do this? Well, it did. So the next section they talked about was how much will my download numbers decrease? I'm going to read one sentence from here. Factors such as download behavior, episode length, bitrate, and hosting platform will determine the degree to which your show's download numbers are impacted. Wow, Stephen, if you're not paying attention to the IAB Podcast Measurement Guidelines 2.0, you might not realize that your bitrate could affect your download numbers. And that's just mind-blowing to people, but when you're considering the fact that you have to actually continuous play something like for 30 seconds before it's counted as a download. Don't quote me on that 30 seconds. It's just what I'm remembering off the top of my head. But if, if that's one of the things and your bit rate is a little bit off, so then your download numbers might be a little bit off and it, it's all technical and yeah, download behavior, episode length. I remember that from Libsyn, the whole episode length thing. They say they were saying that longer episodes were more affected. And I think the same is going to be true here with PodTrack. All right. Here's the, the thing that I think I was talking about before. There was a section that was titled, Wasn't PodTrack Already IAB 2.0 Compliant? Here's their two sentences that I want to call out from this section. Quote, PodTrack has always been compliant with the guidelines and as mentioned earlier, we were on an integral member of the team that wrote them. However, with the advent of the IAB certification program, we are beginning to see more coalescing around specific interpretations of the guidelines, unquote. So this is something that I know Stephen has mentioned before on the show, and I've agreed with, is that just because you say you're compliant, you might not necessarily meet the intent of the certification that was down the road. And we were saying, well, 
I could start a stat service and I could say I was IAB compliant, but unless I'm certified, does that compliance really mean anything? And in this particular case, I don't think they were that far off on their algorithm. They needed to change a few things. It turned out that it was a major change for some players, but I think that they thought they were in line with everything, but they just weren't talking to other people. And that's what the importance of the standard and the certification team is that there is a team that will come out and say, if you're right or you're wrong in relation to everybody else. And I think that's a great benefit to the industry. And it's one download on one platform is the same download on another platform. Yes, there will be some minor variances because not everybody is using the exact same algorithm as they're pulling all this stuff. But for the large part, you know, a thousand downloads are going to be a thousand downloads somewhere else. So this is important for hobby podcasters, as we said before, just because it shows you the standard that you are like everybody else. So Dan Carlin, his first 1000 downloads are the same as your 1000 downloads that you're getting all month, that sort of thing. So Stephen, what do you think about this pod track announcement? I think that there are some people who are possibly IAB certified that are trying to make this into a very big deal right now. And I think that the biggest takeaway from any of that notion is that this is a another, and I, I want to highlight another example of someone who said they were IAB compliant, but technically were not because of the fact that they their certification hasn't come and play for them. And so there is interpretations within that guideline that need to be hashed out and determined. And so the whole compliant versus certified thing, it's important to remember that anybody that is not certified might have some more potential drops down the road as they work towards that certification. I will still prefer to take a host or a stat service that is claiming to be IAB compliant because I have pretty good faith that they're making good effort versus somebody that's not even trying to be compliant because I think that at least you're going to be within that general ballpark. But it's important to remember that there is a difference between compliance and certification. And I think that's what this is. You know, obviously the big deal here is that PodTrack does have some big name clients and so it's going to affect them because of the clients that they have, but it's, it's not like it's the house is not on fire. Don't play into that hype. I totally disagree with anybody that is making this into a big issue. It's just another example of the issues we've seen as we flush out this whole IAB process. There's going to be things that come up as that happens. And this isn't anything new. It's really not. We've seen drops happen before. And I agree with what you said, SP. I think that it would really, really behoove the companies to be able to announce this before the drop. I think that we've seen this happen with a couple of big players. And I think that it does a disservice because podcasters are sitting there analyzing, trying to figure it out, and it's wasting their time. We saw a discussion on Reddit. You and me had a conversation yesterday morning. So this came out yesterday evening. Yesterday morning, we had a discussion about some people commenting on this on Reddit. And it's an example on how if they just announced it ahead of time, we could have avoided that. So I think that's a big takeaway here. It's worth reading the blog. If you use PodTrack, you can check that out at geeks.link slash PodTrackStats and uh, or head over to PodTrack.com if you want and read that there. I, I look forward to seeing the day that more and more people are certified because we'll all be more within the same game. I feel like we should start calling this better deals or is it better pod deals, better, better deal back. Maybe that's what it is. Deal pod back. I don't know, because in the discord server, we got a lot of people who are awesome at posting deals when they come up. And we've talked about this a little bit before. So first off, if you're listening to this show and you have shared a deal in our discord server, thank you very much. I think you're doing the community a huge service. And we're not always saying that you should buy these deals. Definitely don't get yourself software acquisition syndrome or gear acquisition syndrome, but it's worth being aware of this. And I'd rather have somebody post these deals than not post these deals. 
And we actually got a Humble Bundle posted in there, which we've talked about a few times before. Twice a year, Magic's the company that does now own the Vegas line of software. So Vegas, uh, what is it called? Pro and Vegas Movie Studio, which is the consumer version. SP and I are big fans of Magic's Vegas Movie Studio because it's got a lot of features for the price. And when they run these Humble Bundle features a couple times a year, they end up putting last year's version available. And with this deal, what they were offering was for, I think it was $20, you got a whole bunch of previous generation Magic software, including the basic movie studio version. And then for $25, you got last year's basic movie studio version and last year's Vegas Pro version. And Zachary Webb asked, is the $25 package worth it, Stephen, instead of the 20? Because I had commented that I was looking forward to this bundle coming up. And what I said was that for $5 extra, it was a no-brainer to get it because the movie studio that was included in this bundle, which I believe is the same that they did last year, is a very stripped-down version. I'd have to go back and find a comparison chart of last year's version, but as far as I recall, it followed similar to this year's version of Movie Studio, where the very, very basic Movie Studio is not the version we recommend because it has limited tracks. It also does not do audio VST plugins, which is a major reason that we do suggest this for podcasters. And so the Vegas Pro version, again, having to go double check, I believe the basic version of Vegas Pro does allow the VST so it's really a no-brainer because, in my opinion, the basic version of Movie Studio isn't really something that podcasters are smart to invest in, even at a cheap price. It's going to be very, very stripped down. That's why we always say we recommend Magic's Movie Studio Platinum or higher because it has all of those limitations uh, lifted. And so if you were looking at this bundle... That's why I recommended paying the $5 extra. It's just a no-brainer. You got more software for 5 bucks. Like, think about what you spent on coffee yesterday. Plus, you get the discount rates when the software is refreshed the next time around, too. So it's all good there. Banks Naughty Bits also posted a 925google.com article on Google Podcasts auto downloading and basically said it was live for some uses so that was interesting to see especially if you're working on android and you're searching and a podcast pops up you can actually use their quote-unquote app and uh, auto download the uh, podcast so steven have you been using this since it came out it's for some users and uh, okay and i am not some users in fact i just i just looked this morning and i'm double checking right now it is still not there uh, I really, really hope that it comes soon because I will likely switch over when it becomes available. And as far as I could tell, it is a testing phase. So once it's tested, who knows if it'll stick around? It's just yeah. an, it's annoying that it's not rolled out to everybody. Yeah, for what it's worth, I've been using Overcast more and more just because of an automobile change. So we'll see uh, how that turns out for me long term, especially since I still can't I uh, use my phone at work, so I have to use the iPod Classic. I don't know. This is all going to be a mess for me. Anyway, Banks Naughty Bits also asked a question about the Rodecaster. He asked, is there any way to arm or disarm channels being recorded to micro SD, or is it just the 14 tracks or only two? Steven, you're more qualified to answer this because you actually have a Rodecaster Pro. What I, what I love about it is that on every single track, there's actually a uh, record slash play button where you press the button down uh, in order to arm the track. Oh, sorry. That's the Zoom L12. Zoom L12 mm. is the one that has the buttons. <laughs> sorry, cheap shot. Uh, no, as far as I know at the moment, there is not a way to do that. So it's all or none. And I, I find it odd. I find it odd. It, it's a frustration I had when it came out, but I'm I'm ta I'm just taking the win. I'm taking the fact that the multi-track is capable. You know what? I got yes, it'll ca cause me to delay when I go and I export them into the folder, and it does that whole stitching thing together that I previously spoke about. But I'll just go in and delete those empty tracks. So yes, 
Yes, it's going to fill up the card quicker. There's all sorts of negative benefits, but I'll take the win. We have it after many, many months of promise. We have it. Okay, Damien <laughs> the DM, he posted in the Discord server, he said, I might skew things a little as a narrative podcaster, but I don't transcribe my show at all. This is in response to our last episode. He goes on and then he says, the closest I get is when I'm doing a new or announcement episode or a recap of where I am writing out a script. I post the script as the show notes, but I don't bother editing it to match what I'm saying. Also, if I did that solo off the cuff, I wouldn't bother taking the time to go back and write it out as a transcription. I mostly see it as a, well, I already did the writing for this, so might as well put that up for somebody who would rather read the update than listen, unquote. Well, Damien, for that, I have to say, again, back to the con that we were talking about in the transcription episode, if they don't listen, then you don't get the download number. Now, it depends on how you're approaching podcasting. Like, if you don't really care, you're just actually producing the podcast for your own fun, and download numbers don't matter. But if you want to actually grow, you might want to entice people to actually listen to the episodes rather than the transcription I, Steven, we talked about it this, this last week. This was a great note to get back from Damien though. What I would do is I would post it and like, you know, every few lines I would, I would redact a few lines, just put big black bars redacted <laughs> and then, and it encourages people to listen or, or write their own story. <laughs> <laughs> Fanfic on your podcast. <laughs> that would be kind of fun. <laughs> we also had waffles say I was listening to better podcasting when I got rear-ended on the highway. Should I stop listening now? I know well, uh, it took many, many years for me to uh, have that notch on my belt. Someone listening to my podcast during a accident. I don't know that I've ever had that in my 10 plus years of podcasting. I don't think I have. So waffles, I know you said you're fine. We'll make sure to highlight that now. You said you were fine. We're glad to hear you're fine, which means that I'm going to go ahead and say thank you. Thank you, waffles. Thank you for adding that notch to my belt. First of all, I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm glad to hear it. We, by the way, there was a little bit of a, a t discord conversation back and forth. And we asked if everybody was okay. He said, yes, everybody was okay. So that's good. And of course, the aftermath of the accident you have to worry about. Uh, my question, though, should I stop listening now? I mean, if it's right after you get rear-ended, then yeah, you probably should. Because first of all, you got to make sure everybody's okay then you have to get the cars to a safe location. Then you have to uh, either call the police. A lot of places you have to call the police and get a police report. You have to exchange insurance information. So if you've never been in an accident before, there's some things that you have to go through. I'll tell you the first time my daughter got in an accident, I had to walk her through all those steps and actually had to show up on the scene to help her and yeah, so you should know those steps, first of all. Second of all, if you are listening to a podcast and you just had an accident, stop listening to the podcast, take care of things because they're more important at that point in time. And then at some point in time in the future, you could come back and listen to the show. It depends on what your attitude is later and how important the show is to you, whether you go back and listen to the rest of that particular episode, or if you just skip it, wait for the next one. And yeah, there's a lot of things that happen and we don't want you to miss us. We don't want you to miss what we're saying. So that's why you should stop. Uh, also, by the way, uh, you you could use the opportunity to tell the person that you got in the car accident with. You could be like, hey, look what you caused me. I'm in the middle of a podcast. Now I have to hit pause. How dare you? How dare you cause me that grief? Had to hit pause. If you want to check out better podcasting, you can go ahead and do that at betterpodcasting.com. So you could do that too. That's another way that you can handle the situation. And finally, by the way, all, I would not be making jokes if Waffles didn't say he was okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad everything is okay. Otherwise, I would not have made a single joke in that. So thank you, Waffles, for sharing. And we are glad you are okay. And lastly, Josh Liston said the following. Just got an approval email from iHeart Podcast team for a show I stopped doing more than six months ago. Yay, I heart being on top of things. You know, that's better than my Spotify experience, which we've detailed on the show before. I forget what episode, but I did say it was three years. We looked at the date of the original submission of the email from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and from Starling Tribune. Three years later, the approval came in. So if I heart's just six months behind, 
then you know, that beats Spotify back then, at least. The thing with Josh's email or comment here is like the companies that are doing these manual acceptance, they're all claiming and, e and you know, what? I'll go as far as to say the ones that are, that are being filtered by media hosts, right? They're they're claiming that they're doing this to protect their their product, make sure that they're relevant and make sure that they're suitable podcasts for their catalog to approve a six month old product podcast basically shoots a hole in that logic entirely like you you're going and you're accepting something that is dead and well, that it's there's evergreen content though that's still relevant think of all the audio dramas out there or the crime the serial crime stuff but it goes against what they like the purpose of what they're saying they're they're wanting to have this catalog that is that is and you know all these other things like it i don't know to me it just seems like it's a little bit half-arsed approach so i don't know I, I i find it interesting and i really do appreciate josh sharing this with us and i don't know maybe people are gonna blast me now it's happened before let's see what do you think about this do you think that your show should be accepted six months later do you think we should all rally around josh's six-month-old show and go to iheart and download it so the numbers go through the roof if you want to do that, head over to betterpodcasting.com slash discord, head to the better podcasting channel, tweet Josh Liston and say, Josh, give us the link. We want to subscribe and we'll go ahead and make that show active again on iHeart. If you got something that you want to say to us, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. We always enjoy having these conversations with you. It doesn't have to be through discord. Find us on Twitter at betterpod, facebook.com slash betterpodcasting or send us an email to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. SP, before we close up, I just want to take the moment to remind everybody that we're part of the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network is a network full of geeks. We all get together to share the love of geekery. So if you want to check that out, you can at gunnageeknetwork.com. I'm pleased to say that the network continues to expand, and we're going to leave it at that for now. And so keep your eyes on gunnageeknetwork.com. I love having everybody on the network. It is the network that I started, but we're just a bunch of podcasters looking to share the common love of fun, geeky podcasting. So please check out all of the fantastic shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. On that note, for episode number 182 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying if you haven't, Go over to twitter.com slash betterpod and check out our Twitter there. There's lots of questions. Now MSP saying, I hope you're having fun podcasting. Celebrate the small wins. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week. <laughs>